Welcome back to the Killer Bees Nuts. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here's Joel Blank and that Jeremy Branham guy. The, uh, yeah, me. Triple zero two, didn't Ben Simmons date a Kardashian? The curse is real. A curse with a K. I see what you did there, triple zero two. He's perfect for passing to and or setup guys, but do you think he's a leader? Leader, no. Yeah, he's not a leader. <laughs> no, uh, not even close. <laughs> he's far from a leader. But I think that there's enough talent that he possesses that not that I'm thinking he's fixable in terms of fixing the shot and the the confidence to shoot a shot. But of everything else, most people would tell you there's a reason why he's made all-star teams and he's been highly regarded and made all de- you know defensive teams because of the fact that he does a lot of other things really well. And so I would rather deal with the emotional side of Ben Simmons trying to figure it all out as opposed to some of the other issues you've had to deal with along the way with maybe a KPJ. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's ta- he's, got, he's talented. Yep. Like, if you're wanting to roll the dice, I can understand why you'd want to roll the dice. And like you said, you get out of a, a contract that's not really great, and you get draft capital. Like, that's that's the best part of that. Like, that's the silver lining. That's the best part of it is that you get draft capital. You don't have to sign inflated free agents if you're not in love with the free agents. Let's look at some of these free agents. Jonathan Fagan put together a, a uh, kind of a target list for the Houston Rockets. I guess this is kind of what the Rockets are thinking. Uh, you think that Fagan has a pretty good intel of what the Rockets want? This, is this their target list, or is this Fagan putting some names together that he thinks is their target list? I think it's more Fagan thinks. Okay. I don't think he's the Mark Berman-esque type to have the inside sources to give him everything. How does this list make you feel? I, I think that, by the way, I just to finish that thought, though, on that, I think that, the Rockets are hypersensitive of what they would tell, tell a Fagan, mm-hmm. whereas guys within the Rockets organization would trust Mark Berman. They'd give him a, a, the they they tell him a couple of things, but they also know that they don't have to watch their p's and q's of Berman. If you tell Berman not to say print that or, or sure. go with that, he that he would listen. Yeah, yeah, he will. I I, remember, I I know firsthand he was there was something he was sitting on. He's like, I can't do it yet. I haven't got a second source. I, I've I've, I've, do, I've yeah. done I've done it many times with Mark. Uh, Brooke Lopez, interested. Mildly, but based on our conversation last week, um, if it means limited minutes and possible limited starting role or how he's used, I think he'll find a better offer as a starter with lots of minutes and lots of money than the Rockets. I kind of talked myself into this. Because of his shooting, because of his ability to maybe teach Alpine how to play a little bit of defense without being a great athlete, I don't hate a three-man rotation of Jabari, Alpi, and Brooke. Well, and I, I think that they can all play together. Like that's that's ninety six minutes that you need from your four and your five spot combined. Average that out over three guys is over thirty minutes a game for each guy. Well, when we were debating it on Friday, that was my my solution to your solution was instead of just limiting his minutes, you know, make him place. He can play power forward. He can play. He can play and stretch it. He yeah. can play the five to where you rotate those three guys. They can all play with each other, and he doesn't lose out on the minutes that he's used to playing. Yeah. It's just, you know what, they have to spend the money somewhere. This guy's not going to hurt you in any you way, shape, a, or form. You badly need a big. You need a big in this rotation. Whether and, Brooke starts, I'll be off the bench. If you can talk Brooke into coming off the bench, probably not. But if you can, like, it makes sense that you have three guys playing over 30 minutes a game. leader, not going to hurt you in the locker room, on the floor, sense. in crunch time. And like you said, he can tutor Alpi along the way. Yep. He's not going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form. He's going to help you in a multitude of different ways. 
he's worth kicking the tires. I don't love the idea of Jabari or Alpi coming off the bench, but if you're going to tell me that they're going to play over 30 minutes a game no matter what, it's easier to sell me on that than it is Jabari and Alpi, though. Right, and I think that from the the flip side of it when looking at all of these things, you could spend your money carelessly a lot of different ways. The fact that you're spending it on a guy that is going to benefit you basically across the board, and eventually he's going to probably see a point in time where, yeah, maybe Alpi's going to be ready to start, but I, I do think that because of the fact that he's got so many positives, I think a, a, a playoff contending team is going to come calling. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, Chris Middleton, he opted out of $40 million. So between his knee, his ankle, and a bunch of other injuries. He this, wasn't that good before he got shut down either. This dude has been dinged up, and I've never trusted him as the number two player on the Bucks or any really good team, though for a year they did win a championship. I think that since then he's been hurt and played a lot less and been counted on a lot less, but wants a whole lot more money wise. I don't I don't touch Chris Middleton. I don't either. I can't believe he opted out of forty million. I don't think he's gonna get anywhere near that. I don't either. Like he might get twenty, twenty five a year. He might get like a couple three, more years yeah. tacked on. Yeah. But, but I don't think that goes anywhere. Like if he just opts into the forty has a decent year, well he's gonna get the same deal next off season. I think this was a financial mistake. And even if he doesn't He's he's got the forty in his back pocket, yep. and can still, in NBA terms, get ten million a year from yeah. a couple different teams. I think it was a huge financial mistake. Bruce Brown, Denver. Love uh, him. How how much do you love him though? Like, is he is he better because he was on Denver? No, because he was on Brooklyn, and he was a really really good player, role player on Brooklyn too. Okay, and I think that if you want to give him ten million dollars a year or ten or twelve, I think he's not going to hurt. You're, you're not going to feel. Again, especially because you're talking about a coach now that's going to ask you to play both ends of the floor. Yeah, he does that. He defends multiple positions. He has toughness. He also has grit and determination. He can execute. He's a champion. I think you. I, I go after Bruce Brown. I don't. I think a lot of teams are going to go after Bruce Brown. The Brooklyn point's a great one. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about like what the salary is going to look like, and then I'm adding to a position where I have tons of bodies. Like you're going to have to move some other bodies. He's versatile. He's another Brown. guy that you could rotate in your rotation of guys at different positions. He can play someone more like a two-three. Yeah, but that, you can play him at multiple positions. You have a lot of those. Not ones. Not ones. But I don't really trust him as like a true point. Like I, but if Adoka is going to stress sure. defense, and you know that other guys can bring it up and handle it. Again, similar to the Denver situation when lots yeah. of guys bring it up the floor. He's like your Pat Beverly when you had yep. Harden. Yeah, I think he could really help this team. Jordan Clarkson. Don't want any part of it. I don't either. I don't think he's really a point guard. Well, to your point, too, he plays the position. His main positions are the positions where you're developing younger talent, and he shoots it every time he touches it. I think he's a very efficient sixth man for for a playoff team, and he has value. It's just not with the Houston Rockets. Austin Reeves. He's. I don't know why people think that he's getting out of L.A. L.A. has he's, told everybody since day he's one. Restricted. He's restricted, and they can match, and they will, because they don't have a whole lot of options, and they know... Unlike other guys they've brought in expecting to be offensive, like shot in the arm, instead it's been a shot below the belt. I think that with Austin Reeves, he has best his best chance to flourish and continue to be Austin Reeves is in L.A., and yeah. L.A.'s got the right to match anything. I think that they will match anything. I'm tempted to sign him to an offer sheet, though. You're going to have to overprice it. That's fine. I'm willing to roll the dice on Austin Reeves. I think he's a good player. Four hey. years, and you're going to have to overpay. I don't think I'm paying, like, max money, though. Not max money, but you're going to pay him more than 20. You're going to pay him... Probably in the 20 range. Why not? Mm. You, think get, can, you think he can be a starting point a, guard in the I league? think in a different system where you're not getting your superstars double teamed and creating some of the looks and opportunities Facts. he got, 
I, I don't think I, I think you're going to get Austin Reeves thinking he's going to be more, that and more than he was with the LA, and you're going to be sorely disappointed. But you need shooting. True, you do. He's almost a 40% three-point shooter. I think he will be a 40% three-point shooter. I think he's an underrated playmaker and athlete. I think he's a better playmaker Agree than he Agree with all that, Jeremy, for. but when you don't have the superstars, they're going to defend him differently than if they, than they had to respect LeBron and AD. Absolutely, absolutely. But he's your shooter. Like, I... And I almost want to screw with L.A. Because, I again, I don't think that L.A. is going to let him go somewhere else. So I sign him to an aggressive offer sheet in the back of my mind where L.A. is going to match it. And if he doesn't, okay, well, I got a pretty good player. Uh, how about who I very much call the Austin, like the poor man Austin Reeves? Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo is a good player. I think he's Reevesy. He's a solid role player. I don't think he shoots it as well as he, Reeves. He shot 39% this year, same as Reeves. But again, he's on a team where he got a lot of butt naked, wide open shots yes, he did. because you got a lot of players you got to respect on Golden State. I think that you don't respect Jalen and Alpi and Jabari and nope, and not like I do the Warriors <laughs> shooters. Um, I, I think that he's an interesting piece. At what price? Yeah, I, it would have to be on a like mid level exception. It has for to be me. a reasonable deal. Yeah, I'm not signing him to big money whatsoever. I, I'm intrigued by him as like a bench guy because he's a shooter. I mean, he's going to shoot close to forty percent, if not forty percent from three. Um, I don't know if he's a great playmaker, and I don't know about like defensively if he's like your go-to three and D guy. I think he's more just a three guy. So we've seen him excel when he has been a role player, rotational guy on really good teams. Mm-hmm. When he's gotten in like a Sacramento situation before Sacramento got good, we saw again kind of like to the Rees conversation. People focus on him a little bit more, and he gets a whole lot more looks from three, and suddenly his numbers start coming down because. He's not that consistent. He just knocked down wide open ones when he got them. I, I, I'd be a little leery of that. Jakob Pertl. Again, a guy that's a good role player on a really good team. Yeah. I think if you pay him to be one of your bigs, I think you might be disappointed in terms of the defense, the rebounds, the athleticism that he doesn't have. For me on Pirtle, it's like he's my backup, backup, backup big man plan. Like I and need... he's a stretch. He can shoot the three, but... Not really. Not really. He's not been a good three-point shooter. They like him to. He rarely takes... Like, last year, he rarely took threes. Yeah, I just... To me, it's a bad fit for the I Rockets. think so, too. Like, I, I'm not interested at all in Jakob Pertl. See, I feel like Pertl and DiVincenzo, you can pay these guys. You can overpay them. For, like, a one- or two-year deal. And utilize them in a role that just... They they contribute to the team, but you're still in a rebuild. But you're not counting on them. See, that's why exactly. when I talk about return on investment, the Rockets are going to be looking for a big ROI on either guy. Whereas I don't think it's just, possible if he blends with the Dallas's and the Clippers and the other teams, either guy, they'll blend. They're not going to be counted on because and the fan base and the team's going to go. I paid this dude a whole lot of money to do this and this and this. If they're blending with two superstars, three superstars on a playoff team, a lot easier to be successful. I think it just depends on on Tillman and what he really wants for this team. If his goal is to win games, then paying these guys makes no sense. That's an interesting if, conversation. If his plan is to build these young guys when some games start to change the culture yeah. then you can overpay these guys and they're just cap eaters that maybe you're flipping at the deadline flipping next season and they're just there to be backups for the young guys like they're not there to contribute so, to winning basketball that's an interesting conversation joe because of what we talked about with the texans right we talked about the minute they made the trade on draft day it became more win now than it had ever been in when they were embracing the suck the rockets have one last chance to suck and and control their own pick internally, with Tillman, who we know wants to win, are you having the conversation and are you talking direction to this team? And is Rafael Stone have the stones to say it's in our best interest to kind of 
take some lumps one more year and see what Tillman says? Or are you going to try and appease Tillman in free agency and just spend, spend, spend and get guys that are trying to win now? I do the first thing. I do too. I do, the but first I don't thing. think that I don't think I don't know that Stone would say that, and I don't know that Tillman would agree to it. I don't know if Tillman would agree to it either. I, I mean, he's been pretty patient, and he's talked about this phase, but that that phase doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it in free agency. Like maybe the phase is because you got a really good coach and the young players develop. Uh, I rather it be that way. And and to Joe's point, the texture kind of says the same thing. Uh, two four eight four Rockets are in such a weird spot where you want to add vets, but don't want to take too many minutes away. That's why I'm in favor of using this cap space that you have for draft picks, draft capital, so you can flip those draft picks combined together, maybe with a player or two, and you can strike for a bigger name whenever they want to be traded. Um, because I don't, you, you mentioned the ROI. Like, which free agent are you signing where you you win in the ROI battle? Like, you're going to overspend on any of these guys, even the Fred Van Vleets. Like, I like Fred Van Vliet. I think he'd be a good point guard on this team. I think he fits nicely. You're going to have to pay him at a salary where his ROI at best is a wash. See, that's where if Fred Van Vliet takes a two-year deal, like you were talking about with Harden, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Because you can guarantee the things that we were talking about with the Lopez deal. You guarantee him the playing time, the starting role, and none of that diminishes. You give him max money, but maybe it's a little less than what he would like, but everything else stays status quo for him. He's going to have plenty of shots, but he's also going to get his starting role. He's going to play plenty of minutes. He's going to be counted on as a leader. He's playing for a coach that I think he would enjoy playing for that maximizes his strengths. It's just that you got to get him to take two instead of four and say, hey, if all things work out, whether it's here or somewhere else, you're going to play yourself into another deal. Yeah, the best return of investment some of these guys might be is can you trade them for a first in February? Exactly. Or 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 use your cap space to take on an expiring contract that has a first-round pick attached to it. Yeah. Like the Ben Simmons trade, but I don't want Simmons. Like, how about Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry's got a pretty big deal where they like, like Miami it, might see, want Miami, to attach a first. If Miami gets Dame, you get Lowry. Like a three-way in. trade where you're absorbing the Kyle Lowry yep. contract, but somebody else is throwing in a first well, round yeah, pick. Like a this 20, is the Atlanta Kyle trade Lowry that first. just went down yeah. with with Collins is the fact that you get rid of $78 million of, cap, of a cap hit that he's sucking up mm-hmm. for one year of Rudy Gay. Yep. But you also get an extra draft pick on top of it. Kyle Lowry, at this point in his career, with as many teams that don't want to touch him, Kyle Lowry would be another really good piece to this team to kind of teach kids about on and off the floor what it takes to be a champ, how to act like a professional, and he'll do what Adoka says. Like you could get a first with Kyle Lowry and then trade him at the deadline. Yeah, he's only he's only got a year left, so like, it's yeah. not it's not a contract that's going to like be untradeable at the deadline. Yeah, We're like it, Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is terrible. You can't get out of that deal. And what's cra- it's so crazy that like the NFL you can only what trade three years out. I think so, yeah. And the NBA you can trade twenty, thirty picks right now. Yeah, it's insane. See, like, Joe, you, you, might make, not- you make the right point in the fact too that you tell him, hey, this is your chance to earn another spot on another playoff team come crunch time because if you play your butt off and do what we need you to do anyway, we'll trade you at the deadline to a place where you got a chance to win. Yep. And he, like he's your, I think he's your starting point guard for oh, at least half day the year. One, he's, yes. I think he's a good teacher. Like I think he's a better teacher than Pat Beverly. Oh, he's a coach on the floor. Yeah, he's a leader. Give me, give me Kyle Lowry. I'm, like, I'm fine with that. Pay, pay Kyle Lowry to take some of this money because he's not going to take serious minutes, and you're out of the deal in a year. Did and they get a first Dylan Brooks. He did, but we talked want, so much. Yeah, we've talked a lot about want, Brooks. I think, and, and more and more people are starting to get on our our page. I think more teams than not are saying, I don't want anything to do with Dylan Brooks based on all the fiasco that he was last year. See, I'm I'm more open to Dylan Brooks than you are. I, I guess so. Because I think that he's a good on-ball defender. I think he can knock down an open shot. Now, that's it. That's it. 
Uh, and it so depends he on the called price. out on him hitting his open shots, and then he tightens up. Yeah, but, I mean it's a playoff series, you know. Like if the, yeah, you'll you'll have to deal with that here. That's what I'm saying. And if you do, it's oh, a good but thing. you thought yeah, we were talking about playoffs with this team in relation to the Texans. I think they make the playoffs before the Texans do. Well, I thought this. Oh, the Harden. That's right. The, com, the conversation was more about depending on which free agents. Yeah. could this team be a playoff? Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Speaking of the uh, the the Houston Texans, the the local football team. What would it take for the Texans running back duo to crack the top ten? In the NFL. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, sad stuff. That stuff here. Uh, I just picked a random song. Is because we're talking what about the Texans, playing? Joe? This is a Mave song. Well, it should never be played again on the Killer on Mave's Bees. Page. When, what, is, what is Sean doing when he listens to this song? What it, yeah. I bet you it's a Paul request. That or, makes sense. Like, was it a, what, an emo Paul? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it's from. I really this do. Be emo Paul. Yeah, this is emo Paul. Whenever he gets dark and sad and Seattle-y. This is horrible. <laughs> gets a little Seattle-y. He had a sore throat today. Couldn't make a show. I hope he gets better. Gamer. I hope he feels better. Okay. You're taking some some shots. Paul's catching strays for some reason. Taking What's happening? What is going on? I love when he does Tucker Paulson. It's so funny. Oh, man. He's not a fan of Gilbert. No, he's not a big fan of Gilbert, which I've, I've learned that maybe that's a popular opinion. Really? Some of the, I've, if the text line has been kind of pro-Paul on that. I've always, yeah. I've always been entertained by me too. Gilbert's organic ways of handling calls in life. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm bullish on Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary in this offense. Uh, I think that they have a chance of being a really good tandem in the NFL from the running back position. What is it going to take, though, for the Houston Texans to crack the top 10 top running back units in the NFL? Pro Football Focus has a list of 10. Okay. You want to go ten through one? See if they're sure, better. Or do you want to go? Let's go one through ten. Let's go one through ten. Do you think the Texans are better than San Francisco with Christian McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, and then it seems like they always find a thousand yard rushers? No, no. McCaffrey, when he's healthy, he's probably the best running back in the NFL. Number two is surprising. They have the Atlanta Falcons as the second best unit in the NFL. Because they drafted a running back in the first round? Be, well, Algier last year was a 1,000-yard rusher as a yeah, rookie, so he but, wasn't bad. Cordero Patterson like did some things last year. He's not awful, but I mean, he's kind of washed, kind of old. So Bijan and Algier, the uh, the tandem there, second best in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus. Now they have the potential to be really good this year. Yeah. But they've got a lot to prove. Bijan's got to prove right off the top that he can contribute and – in a multitude of ways, he's got to catch the ball as well as run the ball and prove, you know, when he all the things coming in that was was said about him is, is going to come to fruition in year one in the NFL. That's a little bit much for me. I think the Texans can compete with what they can do. I think two is really high. I'm taking that duo over the Texans duo, though, because yeah. I, I think Bijan has a chance to be a top five running back at some point. Doing it in his rookie year might be daunting, but certainly possible. And then they also have a fallback plan of a thousand yard rusher. The Falcons last year had a rookie running back run for 1,000 yards. Texans didn't. 
No, Cordero Patterson can really play in a lot of different ways. Yep. Now that he's really focused on running back, he he can beat you a lot of different ways. I, I agree with you that two is way too high for the Falcons, yep. but still the Texans not passing them. Cleveland at number three. Now they take a huge drop after Nick Chubb. They're counting on some young players that haven't done it before. Jerome Ford, the kid out of Cincy, who was a really good running back in college, Alabama transfer, didn't get a lot of carries last year. Um, what do you think about that one? Well, I think it would be an easy pick for me, and maybe even higher, um, if, if they had Kareem Hunt as well. Sure. The fact that you're right. I mean, when you start looking at and grading high running back rooms, you have to have more than one that can do a multitude of different things. I, I don't believe a whole lot in whatever's backing up Nick Chubb, but Same. I believe in Nick Chubb. Yep. That's where I'm at with that one as well. I think three's high because they're Chubb and literally mm-hmm. nobody top else. Top 10 and certainly better than the Texans. At four, they have Tennessee with Derrick Henry. They drafted Tajay Spears, kid out of Tulane that I like a lot. And Hassan, Hassan Haskins, who isn't terrible. Uh, so I think that Tennessee would be ahead of the Texans as well. You, it really, even though it's still in favor of Tennessee over the Texans, where they sit on this list is contingent on Derrick Henry trying to maintain where he's been at a, in a just an unbelievable level mm-hmm. for the last, and he's been dinged up so much that I have I have reservations. Yeah, if he gets hurt for eight weeks, give me the Texans over the Titans. Mm-hmm. But going into the year, I'm going Titans over the Texans. Colts at number five, they're kind of like the Browns. It's that you know Jonathan Taylor, but he's coming off an injury, and then nothing else. And he Zach wants a Moss, contract. Evan he might hold out. If they're thinking he's thinking about holding out. He's ticked off about money. He wants money. I don't blame a running back asking for money early in their career. Taylor's Taylor's dynamic. When Taylor's right, he might be better than McCaffrey. So it's hard for me to go Texans over them. Green Bay at number six. No, look, I believe if there's anything that I believe in with the Green Bay Packers team still, it's the fact that their two running backs can really play. The problem is is that they might be really focused on them this year because Jordan Love, I don't think, can. Yeah, I can't put the Texans over the running backs. No, you can't Jones put the Texans Dylan. over, but how it how they rate in the NFL will be dependent upon how Jordan Love plays and how honest he can keep a defense. Sure. Because if he looks like he can't play dead, the running backs aren't getting anything. Raiders, Josh Jacobs hadn't signed the tag, and then nothing after him. Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, they drafted Zamir White last year. People were thinking that Zamir White was going to outplay Jamar, uh, Josh Jacobs last year and did nothing bunch of journeymen and a really, really super talented running back. Yeah. It's kind of like Cleveland, only maybe a little less behind the, the star player. But as long as he's right, then they're top 10. Giants at eight. They have Sha- uh, Saquon Barkley. Do they? And then nothing else. I see your point. See? I mean, yeah. do they? Now, without Saquon Barkley, Texans can compete with that. Yeah. It, with Saquon Barkley, can't touch it. Chargers ninth. I mean, a lot of these teams have one running back and not a whole lot after them. Austin Eckler here seems like he's going to stay in L.A. even though he was talking contract. Then they have Joshua Kelly. Okay. Uh, Isaiah Spiller didn't have a good rookie year, but a talented he's piece. He's talented. I, I'd take the Chargers backfield over yeah, the Texans. Yeah, probably would too. And then Dallas at 10. Tony Pollard. Uh, Jones. They, they drafted. Yeah, they signed Ronald Jones. They, they drafted uh, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. And kind of an under-the-radar guy that people kind of like is uh, Malik Davis. Malik Davis, I've seen as an under under the radar guy. That one's close. Pollard to Pollard coming back off of injury, so that's you know that's when is he going to be ready? And even when he's ready, is he going to be back to close to a hundred percent? Those are big ifs. Do you take Pierce and Singletary over Pollard in your pick of Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, Ronald Jones? I think that I would take the Texans. I think I do too, because I don't like him coming off of injury first and foremost because he's got to trust it to try and get back to where he was pre-injury, and the knees got to hold up. And I think that there's a lot of question marks there. Whereas I think that what the Texans did was add versatility that maybe they didn't have enough of from the pass-catching side of things. 
that really opens some things up for both running backs. And so I kind of like what the Texans have done. I think that they have a chance to be top 10 tandem in the NFL. Now, the teams that are above them, it's probably going to take an injury to like an Eckler, a Derrick Henry, a holdout from a Taylor, Jacobs, uh, lack of production Barkley. from a rookie, Barkley. Uh, but I think they can crack the top 10. I, I really do with the what they have there. And then the and system, they, well, the the system, system matters. And they bolstered the line. So they bolstered the line, which obviously means a ton. And with all the shortcomings of Kenyon Green, we know he can run block. Uh, so I, I think it's a strength for the Texans. I team. think Singletary's got a chance to outgain Damian Pierce this year in total Ooh. yards. Oh, total yards. Total okay. yards. Total yards. 713-780-ESPN. How bullish are you with the Houston Texans running back tandem? How high would you be willing to go? 713-780-3776. Will a bits, 230, every day. Killer bees. Uh, all Joe is telling us today is that our bit, well, you have to wait to the other side to figure out what it is. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time for start, sit, cut. Here's Joe and Jeremy and Joe. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that voice uh, that does the actual bit? Starting today, he said... That's just the robot voice I Googled. Not Siri. It's it's literally just like a Google random robot voice. I'm going to bite my tongue. Do you want want Siri to do it? No. You want Alexa to do it? No, I'm just trying to... Trying to place where that voice comes from. I'm just going to bite my tongue. Okay. All right, start, sit, cut is what that voice said? Yes, but we're going to... Obviously, like we do every time, we're going to change it a little bit. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna make everyone equal today. Okay, everyone's equal. Keep. Do we not normally do that? Keep. Well, Joe. For the next, yeah, I'm, I'm always below you guys. Uh, keep for the next two you years. Talent. And on who said it? <laughs> I beat you guys last week. Okay. I just it's a fact. All right, keep for the next two years. Get rid of right now. Get rid of at the end of the season. Okay, so keep for two years. Yep. Get rid of right now. Uh-huh. And what was the last one? Get rid of at the end of the season. Okay. Martin Maldonado, Rafael Montero, Dusty Baker. Oh, man. I mean, keep till the end of the season is Dusty Baker. Keep for two more years because you have no choice is Montero. And get rid of right now. Who do I have left? Maldi. Oh, no, no, I can't do that. Keep Maldi till. Uh, man, keep Maldi for two more years. Get rid of Dusty at the end of the season. And what's my Montero? Right right now. Get rid of him right now. You're paying off see all you that later. money. Yeah, I just, I don't think you're ever going to see an upside with him. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're throwing, you're literally burning on fire. What is it? And 30, whatever's left of this deal in the 25 and so probably about thirty-one million. You're lighting on fire right now. Yeah. Keep, cool. But not my money. I know. I mean, it's Jim like Crane said he's thought, willing to spend. The thought of like exactly. the thought of like trying to keep throwing him out there, especially in good situations, when he sucks so bad. And I know Don't for his whole career, there he sucks. Good situations. Yeah, but Dusty's not going to do that. You can get rid of Dusty at the end of the year. You can get rid of him right now. That's um, a tough one. Tougher than I thought it was. This is tough. This is a tough one. Because I figured, because Montero's contract made it too hard to put all of them in, in the exact same category because he has two years left on his deal. So that's why it's, 
You're, you can I, keep one of them for two more years. Get rid of right keep? now is the toughest part of this because I think you still need Maldi when the you know when, in certain moments. I think he brings a lot of value still. Man, this is tough. Do we know how the money on a uh, DFA player affects the competitive balance tax? No. Someone asked me that the other day on Twitter. I think that you owe it because Pedro Baez still shows up on the Astros payroll. And I think it's I think he still accounts to the competitive balance tax. Okay. So if you if you DFA Montero, you're still you he's still like you can pay him out all the money right now. You can spread it out over the duration of the contract, but it still counts against the competitive balance tax. So it really doesn't save you any money there. Now the benefit of that is he's no longer on the team and you can bring up a pitcher that, you know, you can use. Now I don't know who that pitcher would be. Parker Mashinsky, uh Gage. And only Paredes is on the 40-man roster. Like, I don't know what the upgrade there is. This My answer is going to surprise you. I don't want Maldi here for two more years. I... Hmm. I don't know what to go. I don't know what to do here. I will keep for two more years Rafael Montero. Because you got to pay him. You're going to pay him anyway, so you just keep him on the roster. You fake an injury, keep him on the injured list forever. Rehab assignment, setbacks, all of those things. You're going to have to pay him anyways. Just find a way to put him on the injured list. Well, this is interesting. So I don't want to. I don't want to uh, just burn the money on fire. Like the money, the money is the money. Um, and if anybody's here for two years, I don't want it to be Maldonado. I don't want it to be Dusty. I would keep until the end of the year, Dusty Baker. Like you're not you're getting, getting rid of Montero right now. No, I'm getting rid of Maldonado. I mean, I'm Maldi right now? Yeah. Is Maldonado a better baseball player right now, right this second, than Corey Lee? No, but the playoffs aren't here yet. At a certain point in the season, Maldi's value may resurface or be something way more than it is right now. Hmm. I don't think so. I mean, we saw what happened with Yuli. Yuli absolutely crapped the bed all the regular season last year. But when you needed him in big moments, he stepped up for you. He did. Do you expect Maldonado to come up with big hits in the postseason? No, it's a different way of coming up big. I mean, it could be the fact that he just... Do you, you know, want in, Maldi playing in the playoffs, though? Like, your best nine includes Maldonado? Well, I mean, that depends a lot, a lot on the rest of the roster. If Brantley's back and Jordan's back and you've got all the different guys playing the different positions and you've got a multitude of talent to choose from on the other outfield position in center field and, and, and the different things you're going to do with Dubon then I think it's an easier conversation to say, sure, then I want Maldi back. Playoff experience catcher that knows how to play in big moments, knows how to you know think through situations in the playoffs when they matter more. Then I think that, yes. Do you want Yiner or Maldonado catching 80% of the games? In the regular season? Period. Anything. Any season. See, in the playoffs, it's different for me. In the playoffs, I, I'm trusting Maldi more because it matters See, more. If, if Maldi's in the starting nine in a Game 7 ALCS and Yiner Diaz is riding the pine, and let's say Maldi's still hitting what he's hitting, Yiner still has an OPS over 800, you're cool with that. I am if the rest of the guys in the lineup are who I said they were. Man, I can't. <laughs> like they're, That's part of the reason that I want to get rid of Maldi right now in this game, total hypothetical game, is that if you get rid of Maldi right now, Yiner Diaz is your full-time catcher. And, like, that is yeah, the but, biggest benefit of this game. Is there a benefit of, of, of getting rid of Dusty right now? No. Like, you, this Dusty is Dusty, and, like, I think player production matters more than Dusty's managing. Uh, neither one has been great. Um, does getting rid of Montero really help you a ton right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it prevents you from using Montero in high-leverage spots, but do I think Parker Mashinsky is much better? Do I think Russell Gage is much better? Do I think Anoli Paredes is much better? No, probably not. The biggest benefit 
of this game, if getting rid of somebody right now, is that I can make Yiner Diaz my full-time catcher like that. This is the, the money but, ball. But this Jeremy, is trading Maldonado. But to me, it's a different situation if you're not a playoff team. Then I would do it right away. But the if you're aren't a playoff team right now. But they're going to be a playoff team, and they're going to have – and again, because I prefaced it, but prefaced it, prefaced it by saying – if I have if I have Jordan back, if I get Brantley, if I get all the guys that make this lineup what it's capable of being, then I want a guy that's been there and done that at catcher, that defensively calling games, dealing with situations, no moments too big for him. I'm still leery of a rookie catcher in the playoffs. I get it. Performing at the level you're going to expect him and need him to be at. I get it. I get it. So it's a good re- question, Joe. So I'm gonna. It's tough. So it's a really tough. The one. player I'm keeping. For two years. But but real quick, on the Montero, two years, he's going to have save discomfort for the duration of it. He's, he's not going to pitch in a game. He's so, my aisle since, I'm make, since we're making the rules here. I'm going to keep – we're all we going to have different make? answers. I almost kept Dusty. We can't make the rules. Years. We're always at the mercy of the stump. Facts. Uh, who did you say you're keeping for two years, Joel? Sorry. Uh, who did I say I'm keeping for two years? <laughs> I'm not sure you did. Was it Maldi? <laughs> I think it was – I think it was Dusty. No, I said Dusty <laughs> – yeah, you said Maldi. Maldi. You keep him Maldi for yeah. two years? Yeah, because he's your backup catcher next I'm year. also going to keep Maldi. manager next year. Possibly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep Maldi for two years, and he's going to and, – and starting at some point, he's only going to catch from Rivaldas. <laughs> and that's his only assignment. Hey, backup catchers start one every fifth game. Like, he is going to only catch from for, for the next ball. two years. Well, I kept the two because next year is the yeah. backup. He's also your bench coach. I'm going to player manager, player yeah. coach. Him and Joe Spada are gonna be great next year because I'm keeping <laughs> Dusty Baker just through the end of the year, and I'm getting rid of that bum Rafael Montero right Man, now. It guys, ain't my money. Y'all quit on guys cr- quick. Cr- back of the baseball card. He's not good. Back of, I mean, what year of the back of the baseball card? Our back of the baseball card is not just last season. Montero's body of work was saved by one year. It was. Otherwise, it is absolute, just dog snot terrible. If Montero pitched to his mean last year. He might not be in baseball. If Rafael Montero was, pitched to his career, career ERA last season, he, he's, he's he was on his last. Team. He was on his last leg. If Seattle was already ready to DFA him and threw him in the deal because the Astros wanted him, if he craps the bed in Houston, he's not pitching in the major league. I can't believe that guy got DFA by the Mariners and is now making all the money he is here. He's the eighth Crane, highest man. paid that's, relief but pitcher that's in baseball. Shows you how great he was. Incredible. Keith last was right when they fired Click. That was dumb. It was dumb to operate for three months without a general manager. Yes. Like, if you're going to, like, one, you should okay. have kept Click. Two, if you're not going to keep Click, Dana Brown needed to be hired the That's next the day. Thing. It may not have been dumb to fire Click. Yeah. It was just hyper, <laughs> hyper important that if you were going to fire Click, the replacement was standing in, standing in the wings waiting to take over the very next day. He needed to be there the next day. Although, like, Would you have taken- how much, how, how bad can we say about Click? Like, Click was fine. But the, but the communication James with Clip- the owner and the, and the communication with the manager was not salvageable. But is that think. okay? Is it okay to have a meddling owner and a manager who's not going to listen to the GM? But if you're the owner and you make the decisions and you and you make the, all the decisions in the organization yeah. and this dude isn't going to, you're not on the same page, Yeah, it's your call. You got to play the game a little bit. I guess bit. my question right. is like, why didn't the Starling Marte deal happen? Because I, I don't think, I don't think Click wanted it to happen. And I think it's probably what led this whole thing in motion. I think, Crane that, making I think click that's bad, the, that started everything versa. going in a downward spiral. Crane yeah. Crane likes splash moves. He really does. Mm-hmm. He the Verlander deal. Cole. But the Astros don't have 
really like their farm system, like while guys keep coming up and being great, like no one's trading JP France as part of a core deal for Starling Marte. So if James Click said, I'm not trading Drew Gilbert for Starling Marte for today. I think it was more free agency when he signed with the Mets. That's oh yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I don't think it was in the. I don't think it was like a deadline or it's anything. Just, it was a free agency where he wanted. So, it's so tough because like the I just don't think James Click makes the Montero deal the way he's operating. No he, chance. He acquired Graveman, no Montero, Maton, like all these guys. Like he, he, the one thing he could do great besides Pedro Baez is identify relief pitchers. Yeah. No, he doesn't make that. He doesn't sign Montero at all. No chance. Oh, no. there was no way. I think he was he was fully prepared. Like Jeremy and I talked. At the end of the season, hey, tip your cap. Someone's going to pay him closer money. Let him go and let the rest of your guys pick up the pieces. Yeah. He might have signed Montero, but it would have been in December on a one-year deal. It wouldn't have been very beginning of offseason on a three-year deal. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Who do you start? Who do you keep for two years? Who do you get rid of right now? Who do you get rid of at the end of the season between Montero, Baker, and Maldonado? Also, Hard Knocks has a team. They officially have a team for the HBO special, and I am in. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Freedom is a road seldom traveled by the multitude. What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? What up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? What up, H-Town? Hey, how we He's an upgrade. He's an upgrade. He's an upgrade. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You gotta tighten it up. Tune it up a little. Tone it back a little. You gotta tighten it up. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and, and who, 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 what's whoever was in? Ooh, what up, H Town? Hey, how we doing? Oh, chopped and screwed straight out of Houston. You've never sounded better. I like that song. Cool. Play it in your car. You didn't like it. I just don't know what we're doing, but okay. We're chopping and screwing, Joel Blank. What up, H Town? Hey, how we doing? The Twitchers yeah. love it. Dr. Dre, all capital letters. Joel, chopped and screwed. Poncho, why the face? Uh, the Joel rap better than anything by the Kia hamsters? <laughs> Coog Blaze, I can see all the bees twerking. Oh, the Kia hamsters. Yeah, I remember that commercial. Oh, really? Huh. You're a big commercial guy. I mean, I have a background in marketing where I pay attention. That's a good point. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you like that song? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. On a scale of one to ten, how much did you like that song, ten. Joe? How much? Did, I'm at a ten too. I'm at a ten. What was your level of appreciation for two. the song? Sure, five. No, don't don't pad your stats. You're at a it two. Yeah, I didn't make. You're it. not getting to a three at least. No, that was the work of our boss. Okay, cool. Does it make it go higher? No. <laughs> Not at all. Maybe maybe lower, but it's fine. Did you hear uh, Joe and I's What Up H-Town whenever we were doing the show last no, week? No, Joe told me about it, but I didn't hear it. Yeah, Mine was, Mapes mine was, was elite. Mapes was the best. He said though. Mapes was the best. It oh, was. no way. Yeah, mine Mapes was good. Was you, let's let's get them back tomorrow and play them for, for Joel. 
So he can, I mean, he's I'll the, rate him. He's oh, the inventor. He's the yeah. inventor of the what up H-Town, hey, how we doing? I'll start him, sit him, cut him. He's, yeah, good call. Yeah. There you go. We'll there you go. There's your wheel of bits plan. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> Done. Thanks, Joel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great call. Uh, 713-780-3776. <laughs> how much did you like the uh, chopped and screwed straight out of Houston blankers? What up H-Town, hey, how we doing? Uh, 1884, bye-bye Maldi now. Keep Dusty to the end of the year. Pay Montero to mop up the next two years. You need a mop-up reliever. Just make Montero the guy who, whose arm you don't care about that pitches four innings whenever so you're down by ben 10. Seth Martinez. Does he get elevated yeah. or eliminated? Eliminated. Or uh, elevated. Okay. Martinez is ahead of Montero for me. Oh, for sure Easy. in the bullpen. But I'm saying because you got to pay him because you're just strictly doing it because you owe him money and he becomes the mop-up guy. Mop-up. Mop-up only. Mop so up Seth's only. going to get a little bit more of a prop. Prominent role. A little more leverage. Okay. A little more leverage for Martinez. Yesterday he showed me another thing. You know, again, some, something else that we need to see more of, that he's not just a mop-up guy. He can get guys out in key situations, and that was big. Yeah. 8693 says, uh, I missed it. Can you replay it, please? No, you can go back on the podcast and listen if you wish. You don't want it again. Oh, I'm on, no. So nice, you got to hear it twice. Well, it kind of went way too long, too, but okay. <laughs> ESPN975.com. Third hour of the podcast will be up shortly. Uh, let's go out to the HRP listener line. H Town Wheelhouse is in the hive of the Killer Bees. What up, H Town? What is up, guys? How y'all doing? Uh, seems like y'all are in quite a quandary today of who to let go. And I mean, I'm surprised your loyalties don't don't lie with Dusty. I thought in Dusty we trust him. Not anymore. June 26th, I'm out on Dusty. <laughs> I, and Dusty, I no longer trust him starting June 26th. Wow. We'll see. Look, here's the thing. I think I think this is a pretty easy one. You let Dusty go at the end of the year. Um, you definitely just have to eat that contract because it does count against your CBT. But you just chalk it up as, ah, it was a super Pedro Baez type contract. And then um, you 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 keep you keep Maldi for two years, but you transition him. I like the player coach idea. I like the bench coach for Joe Espada. I think that would be excellent. Um, but, you know, down in the minors, what I think you could do is why doesn't Brandon like come back either as, like, a reliever role or bring up Joe Record, who is the who is the Space Cowboys closer, who's been absolutely killing it this year. Um, I know he's not on the fourth man, so it, it would take a DFA to get him up here. Um, those are just some names. I'm just like wondering if they change Belak's role to more of a reliever to eat up innings. Um, and if not, why not? Why not go with Joe Record? I know he's the closer. He's saving games, but I mean, heck, you might you might bring him in because he's had a high level of, of success. Appreciate it, H Town. Has a. Uh, I wonder if Belak has pitched in the minors. I'm going to look at that. Real this, quick. You mean since it, since they sent him down? Yeah, I, I don't know. You figure he would have, right? Yeah, you would assume so. You figure like he would have pitched. Now they do the uh, the piggybacking sometimes. So like even if he didn't start, you probably would have went long. Yeah, he pitched on June twenty fourth, two days ago. He went six innings. So I don't think they're going to change his How'd role. Like okay, uh, gave up two runs, one unearned. So okay. one unearned run, right. in six innings, or one run in six innings, five hits, five punchies, no walks, or one walk. Dana Brown's talked about having starting pitching depth. I, I don't think that you're going to like be like doesn't have the stuff to be like a quality reliever. Um, even if he's like your mop up long reliever, you would still want him to be stretched out and extended whenever he got into that role. I, I don't think that a, there's a changing in Belak's role. Belak is kind of who Belak is. Like he's a four A starter. He's going to have good triple I mean, A numbers and he's going to get hit pretty good in the bigs. He could end up being like if you had 
gotten rid of Montero and you elevated Seth Martinez, then be like your mop-up guy. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. That's who he is. Uh, Jets are going to be on hard knocks. I cannot wait to see Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm I, so excited. I know someone else is, feels so a lot excited. more strongly about that, and that's coming up from three to seven. What oh, are they going to talk about, by the way? They're going to talk about segment? how how hard people feel that it's a great move that it, it, that the uh, Jets are on hard knocks. Oh, uh, what do you think they're going to lead off with, Joe? Rafael Montero sucks. I think they're going to lead More off than with. David Culley. I think they're going to say how Montero should be DFA'd, and the Texans should pick him up to take up the spot of John Weeks, the greatest deep snapper in Texans history. I think that's what they lead off the show with. All right, it does it for us. Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's Blankers on Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. The Wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.